Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves. Are you ready for short story number 20? This one is called A Water White Christmas, and it was inspired by other author friends of mine at the recent Georgetown Christmas Market. We got to talking about short story ideas, and the suggestion came up that you should take characters from books that you've written and write other offshoot stories from them. And so I had the idea of writing a Christmas story based on many of my water white characters. And oh my goodness, it was really fun to visit with them again. So stay tuned. A Water White Christmas by Laurel McCarg. Who's Christmas? Katie focused her gaze on dust motes floating by the moon-bathed kitchen window, turning them to ice crystals. A small mound of snowflakes rose on the sill. Why do you ask, little one? Odin continued to chop vegetables for last meal. Domestic chores pleased him. Tasks started were completed easily, unlike those he once believed were required to maintain the balance of planets. He had adjusted well, and quickly in his old age, to life as a mortal. Somebody in my dream last night told me to ask about her, or him. It sounded like Celeste. Katie furrowed her brow in a flurry of snowflakes swirled before sticking to the window. I heard her too, said Lena, Katie's prescient twin. Me too, said Jack. Chris Miss, ask about Chris Miss, she said, and it did sound like Celeste. I couldn't see her, though, just her voice. Yeah, just her voice, Lena echoed. Do you think she's okay? I miss her. I miss Chimney, Jack whispered. Odin stopped chopping. He sat at the table with the children. Christmas is, was, not a person, though it was about a person. He squinted his one keen eye, unsure of how to proceed. Not too long ago, a special baby was born and he grew to carry a burden far greater than any one man should bear. His name was Jesus, and he was called the Son of God. Christmas was a day to celebrate his birth. Odin left out the parts about crucifixion and dying for the sins of mankind. They were lessons he never quite understood. Was he your son, or Kamugwe's? Because you're both gods. Katie flicked more ice crystals onto the growing pile. No, no, not mine, not his, though we watched as he spread messages of kindness and compassion to those who would listen. What's compassion? Jack asked. Compassion is feeling what other people are feeling, especially if they're feeling bad and wanting to make their suffering stop. Like when Ryder heals broken bones? Yes, Jack, like that. And like when he puts his arm around you when you're feeling sad. In that way, he shows compassion. 
Do you understand? Yeah, I think we all compassion each other when we're sad, right, Lena? Jack put an arm around the girl and she smiled. Odin smiled, too. So how'd they celebrate? Lena asked. And I know you're out there, Maddie. Come on in. Odin's telling us about Jesus parties. Outside the kitchen door, Maddie had been listening to the conversation. She remembered what the world was like before the event shattered lives. She remembered Christmas. She put on a smile and joined the gathering at the table. Tell us more, Odin, Lena tugged on his sleeve. What were the parties like? Were they like the feast we had when Bridger's wall stopped the big wave? Hey, where is Bridger? He'll be back for last meal with the others, Maddie said. They've almost finished the gathering hall. I can't wait to see inside. Odin did his best to describe Christmas celebrations he'd witnessed over the centuries around the planet. And in many places, when children wake on Christmas morn, there are gifts for them under a tree. Was Jesus born under a tree? asked Katie, who continued to make snow. No one questioned why some of the children had regained their powers after the great flood. Yeah, and why did kids get gifts? Odin pulled on his beard, wondering why himself, and also wondering why little beings asked so many questions. He looked to Maddie for help. Laughing, Maddie said, No, he wasn't born under a tree. At least I don't think he was. But people decorated evergreen trees for Christmas because they're a reminder of everlasting life. When I was younger, I was told that after Jesus died, he rose up into the heavens and still lives there forever. And when he was a baby, important men brought him gifts. So gifts under Christmas trees remind us of the gifts he received and the gift he gave to the world. What gift did he give the world? asked Jack. Must have been pretty big. It was. It was a promise that if we're good in this life, we'll all get to live forever in a better place in our next life. Is that where Celeste and Chimney are now? asked Lena. In a better place? Because they were good, right? Maddie searched Odin's eye for an answer before responding. Yes, they're in a beautiful place now, and someday we'll see them again. Now, let's get this food cooked before everyone returns. Who's hungry? They all were hungry. They were no strangers to hunger, though living conditions were slowly improving since the battle had ended and the waters receded. The planet was slow to heal, but it was recovering, and with it, the spirits of those who'd survived. Later that night, after the youngsters had fallen asleep, Maddie told the others about the Christmas conversation and how the children claimed to have heard Celeste's voice in their dreams. Let's do it then, said Mac. Let's have Christmas again. Teresa squeezed his arm and kissed his cheek. It's a wonderful idea, a feast like only Odin has seen. And what will we do for gifts? Let me take care of the gifts, said Odin. I may now be a mere mortal, but I still have my ways. And so the secret planning began with a date set 
for seven days later, time to stockpile snoodles in honor of Chimney and to gather and hunt for enough so no one would leave the celebration hungry. Despite whispered prodding over the next several days, Odin refused to divulge his gift plan. After last meal on the sixth night, Maddie asked Teresa, Do you remember that poem we used to read before Christmas? Teresa smiled. Children, follow me into the study. You asked about Christmas several days ago. I'd like to share a poem I remember about it. As lines from The Night Before Christmas lulled the children into bedtime, Orville, Nick, and Mac returned to where they'd found a grove of large evergreens deep in the forest. Under the glow of a full moon, Thunder, the magnificent jaguar, helped carry one back to the newly constructed gathering hall, where they secured it upright and hung colorful ornaments the elders in the community had made from paper and foil over several nights while the children slept. Have faith, said Odin, when questions about gifts arose again. There were none to be seen, and it was the night before Christmas. Sleep well, and tomorrow we shall feast. He lumbered out into the night then, accompanied by his wolves and thunder. He's got something up his sleeve, said Nick. Well, gifts up his sleeves or not, said Maddie. The day will be special. We're all excited about the new hall, and have you seen all the food? In the dark of night... No one but Odin, his wolves, and thunder saw Nor, the fire-breathing dragonfly, swoop down from Asgard with treasures and exotic foods from Odin's old realm. Nor did they see Harmony, the girl who chose to remain in her water world with Kamugwe, pull to the shoreline a net filled with colorful shells and pearls and trinkets from the deep sea. On Christmas morning, Nick shouted from the stairs of the new gathering hall, calling all to participate in its opening. When the villagers were together, Nick summoned Odin to open the door. A few words first, if I may, young Nick. Of course. Nick left him to join the villagers. Odin faced the crowd. His wolves, now beloved village pets, slumped down by his side, and his ravens perched peacefully on the roofline above him. They all had aged greatly since Odin's decision to join the mortal realm, but they made the people feel special and safe. People of Vittoria, no, gentle friends and neighbors, first I thank you on this special day. You honor me in ways I could not have appreciated when I lived above you all. I know you first were frightened by my presence, and rightly so, for I have wielded power no mortal could understand. No mortal but Celeste, that is, the girl who taught me the true meaning of friendship and what it means to forgive those who have wronged you. Several in the crowd shuffled their feet their eyes cast downward. Be not mournful on this new day, friends, this day inspired by her message from beyond. Today is a day to remember those we have loved, those we have lost. 
but not forever. Who is Chris, miss? Katie asked, encouraged by a shared dream many young ones have had recently. Children throughout the crowd nodded and smiled. We are Christmas. Today is Christmas and every day forward. As we rebuild this injured planet, we must remember to do good. To be good to ourselves and to one another and to rise above adversity as you all have shown you are able. From behind the crowd, Katie gazed into the sky and threw her arms above her head, and a gentle, steady snow fell from the sky. Children broke from the crowd and frolicked in the flakes as adults smiled, their memories of Christmas's past reminding them of simpler times. But enough of this old man's ramblings. Let us celebrate the opening of our new gathering hall. With that, Odin threw open the door to the hall and felt the thrill of surprise as those entering gasped at the gifts scattered under and around the sparkling tree, gifts that would belong to none and be shared by all. Well done, old man. Orville placed an arm around Odin's shoulders and the two men watched as trinkets and treasures passed among the villagers. And to think a skinny little girl made this all happen, said Odin. She wasn't just a girl, though, was she? Orville stepped outside, scanning the sky as if to find her. Odin joined him. There was no need to respond to the rhetorical question. With more than anyone could eat that day, neighbors dispersed leftovers among themselves and with joyful hearts, they returned to their homes with new memories made of a Christmas unlike any other. Dawn of the next morn would necessitate a return to pressing requirements for survival. They understood that. But for one glorious day, the people of Vittoria reconnected and reminisced. And while all fell into an uninterrupted, full-bellied sleep that night, Celeste visited them in dreams none would remember, leaving them only with a feeling when they arose that they were on the right path and that their future, both on the planet and beyond, held the promise of better things to come. That ends my short story, A Water White Christmas. And if any of you are interested in the who's and the why's and the wherefores of the characters in this short story, I hope you might consider reading the Water White trilogy. Water White Book 1, Water White Flux Book 2, and Water White Breathe, the last book in the Water White trilogy. My fantasy adventure started with a dream I had and shared with my friend Carol Bellhouse. Thank you, Christmas Carol Bellhouse. (laughs) And although I couldn't fit all the characters in this little Christmas tale, there are many more wonderful, crazy, dream-inspired and people-inspired and Colorado-inspired and Leadville Mountains-inspired characters and situations throughout the trilogy. The message of Christmas is one that has and will, I believe, stand the test of time. I hope you might share this story 
with others as a new little Christmas tale. And I leave you all with my wishes for a very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and thank you very much for visiting. Be good to yourselves and to one another, and peace be with you all. Bye.